Toyota Truck and SUV Podcast, Toyota Trucks and Trails, with discussions from restorations to racing, interviews with folks from all areas of the Toyota community, product and event reviews, and much more, we are sure to offer something for you. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, and welcome to Toyota Trucks and Trails Podcast, episode 19 B. This will be a continuation of the interviews and that sort of thing that Rich and I did at Appalachian Toyota Roundup. So we're going to go ahead and get right into those. We've got got several more to get through. Hope you guys enjoy it. Here we go. Let's do uh, Mr. Ed Fink from uh, Rad Rubber Designs. Ed Fink uh, of Rad Rubber Designs was formerly known as uh, FJ Fender Flap because that was his pioneer product. He had made some fender flaps for the FJ Cruiser. Now he's worked up into uh, other Toyotas, such as the 4Runner and the Tacoma, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about what he's up to and and what he's making for these different kinds of vehicles. Uh, All his products are handmade in the USA from uh, high-quality nitrile rubber. Uh, is nitrile and rubber the same thing? I don't know, but Ed will tell us. And we're here with Ed Fink from Rad Rubber Design, who's uh, going to tell us about his uh, cool uh, products. Um, I don't know all of his product lines, but I am familiar with his mud flaps and his engine splash guards. But I think he's got some new products out. But he do? Maybe he does. Maybe they're new to me. But <laughs> they're new to as in like as of today. Okay. Even uh, awesome. first time people have seen them. Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. So, well, Ed, tell us a little bit about Rad Rubber and and uh, how it got started and and the whole give us give us give us the, yeah, whole, the whole spiel the whole thing the yeah. whole spiel. First, thanks for having me. It's, uh, good to see you guys. Rich, good to finally meet you face to face here. Uh, so it's just good. Um, Rad Rubber was uh, evolved from FJ Fender Flap. Uh, the FJ Fender Flap uh, was a product that I actually invented, which is a modification kit, uh, basically that addresses the infamous tire rub on the FJ Cruiser when putting oversized tires. Make a hard turn to the left, and you get a tire rub, depending on your multiple of variables. It can be minor to extreme, and requiring a BMC, or in what I did, create something that does not require a BMC, but uh, and that evolved out of out of as far as the story, uh, out of an accident for me. Um, I actually in September of fourteen, uh, somewhat of a good story, uh, an adjunct that you probably had not known. Uh, I got uh, kind of blasted out of a tree. I was taken down uh, over the course of the summer of fourteen. I was thirty feet plus up in a tree, and a limb fell very weird and slid down the tree, and the inertia bolted me off the tree up in the air and down I went and shattered my legs wheelchair wheelchair uh for uh for uh, indefinite time at that point and so I had created the fender flap for my own FJ I have a 2012 FJ so I I drive it and um basically fighting depression and everything else and not knowing whether honestly whether I walk they didn't know for sure um I went ahead and went online and basically patented the fender flap concept, which is uh, which is the first thing that evolved from that. Uh, made out of rubber, made out of nitrile rubber. All my products are made out of uh, nitrile. It's a uh, 
Well, it's a blend of saturated rubbers that are resistant to gas and oil, UV and heat. A lot of gaskets are made out of nitro rubber, and it's naturally black, so it blends right in. So that was that was uh, the first product, and uh, that evolved again in the fender well to the splash guards, which on Toyotas are infamous for uh, wearing out, dry rotting, yeah. so on and so forth. And uh, so then I made heavy-duty splash guards, and not just for the FJ. But that applies to all the Toyota trucks. Yeah. So now we have them for Toyotas and, I mean, Toyota for Tacomas, uh, Forerunners, and different generations and so on and so forth. And if you have body lifts, we'll try to adapt to anything. So, and uh, I don't know how much more you want me to keep <laughs> well, on. They, yeah, 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 I can I can go. I, you know, there are other products. But uh, those are the, the two main products uh, that have uh, certainly uh, kind of taken off uh, with the splash guards being by far... Uh, the most popular. The mo yeah, I see them on quite a few trucks. Now. Yeah, yeah, definitely the most popular, and I, I'm very proud of the product. It's very heavy duty. It's an eighth inch. It's uh, compared to a a factory uh, a splash guard item. It's a twenty, you know, ten times thicker. Yeah. And uh, and they're guaranteed. And my kits, you get a kit of four. I don't know if you talk prices or not, but you get a kit of, 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 of four both sides and new clips and everything else. Uh, I even throw in a sticker. Uh, well, they're, they're a form of currency in themselves in the Toyota community. That's sure. true. That, that's true. And if you're really nice, I even have patches, but that's a whole other story. But, um, uh, <laughs> they're replacing. They're like the euro. They are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're like big yen or something. I, I don't know. But patches are becoming their own. Yes. Uh, so... Uh, so the splash guard is taken off, and then uh, the uh, the other item that has again staying with rubber uh, was uh, I have created light guards, rubber light guards that are again made out of nitro rubber, and I created a fastening. Not I didn't invent it, but certainly, but I utilize silicone suction cups, which are glued to the nitro rubber, and I make. Light covers for any shape, any size, whether it's an LED light bar, cube, round, headlights, uh, whatever, and those are becoming more and more popular. Of course, those are limited, not limited to any vehicle, but they're great at protecting uh, lights and especially a lot of expensive lights uh, from uh, for any kind of rocks, debris, uh, when you're not using them uh, in general. But also, if you're doing highway use, uh, you're dealing with bugs. I, again, I'm from Florida. We got love bugs in Florida. And your whole front of your vehicle during that season turns black from those suckers. And so uh, with the light guards, not only do they protect it from other things, but uh, bug schmear, instead of having to scrub out lights, you literally do a wipe and you're done. Uh, very, very, uh, it's, cool it's a good idea. product. Thanks. That's a cool idea. Thanks, thanks. And uh, with that also, I, I, I've... Uh, we can also customize those light guards. So if someone has a digital image, uh, we can actually adhere a digital image through a vinyl. So you've got graphics. On we it. have graphics. So if someone has a logo or a company or whatever else or their name or something, you know, a, a vehicle. Cool. Um, uh, I just, uh, here at the event, I offered a set to Greg. Uh, for Godzilla, yeah. and I think he posted it uh, somewhere. Uh, so he has some uh, Godzilla eyes for uh, for Godzilla that I made up for him, uh, 
and again, those are they're for fun, yeah. but uh, but they are. But I also also make rings that that are six inch because headlights are seven inch. Right. I make six inch things which create a natural halo light okay. also so all these halo kits that are out there that sorry if people are selling those but actually i i created a halo if you have led headlights um you buy a six inch uh, rubber uh a light guard and it creates its own natural uh Very thing cool. yeah yeah Very cool. yeah and I, I think you know in, in a lot of states i know my state we have uh, some restrictions on how many lights can be forward facing and if you have more than that they have to be covered yeah. And, and I think with, with all the lights and light, gar, light bars and things people are putting on their vehicles now, I think that it's good that there's a new solution on the block than the simple old, same old clip-on covers, you know. People can get some other kind of cool cover, uh, especially with graphics on it and sure. stuff, to, sure. yeah. know, just it, it, to stay it, street legal. It, Not it, to mention it, the clip-on ones are bulky and, and that kind of stuff. Oh, I, probably, I imagine... I imagine yours can be folded up or, or they can. You can put them in a ziplock. I mean, you right, put. It, I right, mean, basically, right. you, you keep it. You, your glass needs to be flat and and clean, and uh, you keep the suction cups clean, and you moisten them. You stick them on. I right. mean, it, it's not. Uh, uh, you know, that, that it, is a very cool idea. It's uh, and especially like sometimes a lot of lights are recessed also. So it also makes it a lot easier for a flush mount. Right, because you can't get a clip-on cover. No, you, you can't. If one is even made for it. Right. And, and the other thing about the clip-ons is I, I probably have left a trail of them, of covers, you know, in various right. places I've gone. Right. As fall vibrated off or rattled off or, or whatever and until I, I eventually gave up and just started using duct tape, which sucks. You know, it's it's it well, kind sucks. of sticks. Well, it's suck. very sticky. And <laughs> my, my suction cups suck, but that's okay. Well, well yeah, okay, okay. yeah, <laughs> but in a good way. Right, right. And we'll leave the, it at that. Okay, right. Yeah, right, okay. right. But a duck, piece of duct tape isn't necessarily re- reusable. Well, the, the other understand. thing about clip-ons is, is they're kind of designed for a particular application. They are, yeah. A lot, of, a lot of the big, bigger light companies make right. make their own, where, where and they're kitted and they're colored, and they're, 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 they're but minor, minor twist, and 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 again, uh, uh, they are uh, the nitro rubber, which is uh, resistant to most of, most of the elements out right. there. Uh, one thing, to, you know, with that, you mentioned, Rich, you mentioned, you know, states and requirements and things like that. Something also to be always aware of, as far as if you are ordering any of my products. There are states that you cannot have anything on your headlights, for instance. Yes, Texas I, comes to mind. I know Texas is a state where you can't have anything. You can't even have, like, the rock guard. You can't even have clear covers. Right. I, Ray, Ray was talking, telling me, I mean, you can't have anything on them. Then there's other states that, as you said, that require... Or, you'll, or they'll give you a ticket yeah. if you have an offer. I know that's yeah. in California and probably other states. So so there are things to always be aware of. But I just have offered an option. And, uh, you know, so it's... Uh, it's fun. It, it, it uh, basically, I, I, can, I call my business. I, I try to think of innovative, kind of problem-solving things, and I figure out a way to make them out of rubber, and uh, and thus rad rubber. Uh, that's how it evolved. It wasn't FJ Fender Flap. Obviously, once I had more products, right, had, yeah, had, uh, had to had to change the name. But FJ Fender Flap is just now under rad rubber. And uh, the the one item that you that we mentioned, kind of starting off, was. Uh, the newest item. Ah, yes. Uh, the newest item is one that uh, we don't even. I don't even have a name for. And I and I, I was talking to, to Steve uh, Steve at uh, Southeast. Uh, of course, I think he was on earlier. Uh, you know, we might have a contest or something. But everyone who has it, this is for an FJ. And I understand also maybe uh, the, some tacos might also have a similar thing on there. But everyone knows on the rear on the rear fender well. 
the deep V or crevice at the front of that fender wheel that catches all every rock and every mud and fills up with it's terrible. With, it, yeah, I know okay. exactly what you're talking okay. about. Okay. Well, everyone was saying, Eddie, you know, do something for this. Do something. Well, you know, within the last month or so, I was working on that, and I've created basically a splash guard or a flap that now covers that. It uses two of the factory 10-millimeter screws that are already there, so you don't uh, the hardware and a, uh, a binder office clip in one place and a, a six-inch piece, a six-by-three-quarter-inch piece of aluminum to hold it that is attached with one of those 10-millimeter screws. Right. So it's a very basic, simple kit that addresses this problem. Yeah. It now will be, it's not on my store right now, but it will be uh, literally just have those here here out at the uh, at ATR you yeah. know, for this weekend. And, and that's an important area to protect because the rear tires are going to sling forward, and especially in the northeast where we do with the salt. Yep. On the on the road treatments. Right. Uh, that just is getting slung into the body. And, right. And I definitely spend some time at the uh, at the hose or at the car wash. Sure. Uh, uh, getting that area cleaned out a few Absolutely. times a year. You know, and and the most ungodly things. I think a frog came out of one once. Right. Nice. You know, yeah. Right. Yeah. Nice. And and he wasn't. He was no longer with us. But Poor frog. Uh, but he was with us. In, in, in body, <laughs> not necessarily in spirit, but not in, in body. Spirit, no, in spirit, uh, spirit was long he's, since passed. I think he's waiting for me on the other side. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> and he's and he's grown. He's huge. He's not yes, happy. Yeah. No. But uh, I yeah. think you should name it the uh, Toyota Trucks and Trails Podcast uh, Fender Protector. Which you, which is be, uh, that flows right it, off the tongue. It, it really does. It does. It's snappy. It does. It's easy to remember. <laughs> it's. Um, I'll, I'll I'll put that into the thing. Keep that on the it'll be it'll be up for the you know for the vote and maybe. Maybe you'll win a set, Rich. Um, uh, the, um, but uh, so and I, on ever you know ending uh, mission of uh, as things come up where people bring something to to my attention to uh, to try and I mean, that's the fun part for me. So, they, something they, to replace the inner plastic inner fender on a third gen. At least the back half of it, where it opens it up to the front of the door when you pull the inner fender out. Now, for our listeners, we are sitting right next to a third gen four runner, which exactly happens are. to belong to Jason, and we are actually looking at it. <laughs> right, which, which I noticed right ahead offhand has no engine splash oh guards on it to begin God. with. No, Jason, which would address much of the problem that you are talking about. <laughs> well, what what actually what I'm talking about is at the back of the fender. Yes. Where it, where it leads to the, the front edge of the door. We can take a look once we're off. We will, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at it. I'm, I, I haven't paused away. And I'm, I'm uh, yeah, that could be addressed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Live right. product development. On yeah, the air yeah, yeah, here. yeah. Look I mean, making and creating on Toyota trucks. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it was funny. At, at Jambo this year, I was there and. And I had just brought out the splash guards, and people, and, and I only had I had the FJ. Yeah. I literally create, uh, you know, I dies, dies and everything, and hydraulic press. I mean, yeah, yeah. one offs I hand cut. I mean, I, I'm I'm all hands on. It, yeah, it's yeah. all everything's done here. Everyone made in the USA, all that good stuff. I believe in all by that. By one guy. Yeah, by one guy. You know, and in the help of friends who have shops and yeah. let me use some some equipment and my own shop, but. Uh, but I was saying at Jambo, I was literally going around to vehicles that I didn't have patterns for. And I was red. I never got to go wheeling. But I was, I mean, from my feet to my, I was just red from the red dirt there because I was down on the ground up underneath the wheel wells, sitting there cutting patterns and making everything. It, it was kind of cool. Wow. 
Yeah. That's uh except for the expedition I did. But anyway, that was a whole other story. Okay. Yeah. Well you can tell that. No, no, it was just it, was, it wasn't a Toyota. It was it was a Toyota. This oh, guy, this guy that had that kind of expedition. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, yeah, no. yeah. That's we what I was saying. No, it was a big Ford, and the guy came up. Can you make one for this? And I looked at him and went, "Sure." Give me a pair of scissors. Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah. So that that that's um, you know kind of what it is. Other awesome. than uh, uh, let's see, other stuff I have. Oh, the new T-shirt. I, I show. I have a T. Actually, I created. I copyrighted a word. People, it's a, it's a new. In many, F, oh, I think most FJ owners are have this uh, affliction, and I'm thinking about maybe creating an organization to treat treat the. It is a it, serious. It is. It's something disease. serious. We yeah. Yeah, it's serious. It, it's FJitis. Yeah. Uh, FJitis is an incurable obsession that can only be tempered by the next modification. I, I think that that expands way past just FJSO. Well, yeah, there's tacoitis. There's tundraitis. Sure, sure. There's forerunneritis. But the FJitis is actually now perhaps the now most award. serious of them all. Uh, yeah, it, it, because it, of the amount, uh, because of the expensive parts. Yeah, yeah, there are. But it's uh, but in, in all seriousness, I agree with that. In all, yeah, we, we we do have a t-shirt out, and probably I'll have some other. Maybe maybe we'll eventually have patches. I don't know though. I don't, I, I might have to go through a, a commission or something to have a patch. Hire a sweatshop. I mean, that's what we did for the Toyota trucks and. Trails. Is that what happened? I didn't yeah, know those, yeah. So, I mean, there was yeah. a few children that died. Uh, you know creating those patches but uh, you know we think it was for a good cause very sad to hear that but you know the patches are cool anyways so. I, I think they did the right thing right. i think they made the right sacrifice wow i just had would somebody. you like a patch <laughs> does it have blood on it <laughs> no 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 we have a great cleaning service <laughs> uh, great. Of, which is actually some other children <laughs> and uh you know that works out great for us um <laughs> So, yeah. um, how can people find Rad Rubber? How can people find you on the web and, and all uh, that? Rad Rubber uh, is radrubberdesign.com. Um, it's a site in under construction, seems like, all the time. Uh, kind of converted over from the FJ Fender flat site, which is still up and kind of references people over. But it's just really finding the time. Uh, I guess it's a good problem to have that I've just I've been busy uh, in between uh, shows, events, creating creating sure. product, and uh, good problem for us to have, obviously, and uh, and everything else. But the site is not by any means a uh, full tilt. But the store's up on it, and there's always the comment thing. And I urge people, hey, I heard about you or whatever else, just send me a comment, whatever. Send me that in an email. I'll respond back. Um, you know, we're really good about that. And uh, the other thing is we we joke about making something, which, you know, you know as far as the third gen for, forerunner and everything else, but I'm all open to that kind of stuff. Is sometimes if someone has a one-off or an older vehicle, obviously that might not be something that is mainstream now. I can't make dies for everything, but literally I can... I'm open to, to creating and do something. If someone can send me a template or a pattern or something or whatever, or if I can see them at an event and can uh, arrange something like that, pretty much I can make it and make it work, um, you know, or give it a give it the hell of a try. So, right. okay. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, no, thanks for having me. Yeah. Uh, folks, that was Ed Fink from Rad Rubber Design, and you can find him at radrubberdesign.com.
That that is correct. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. No, you can find there, and and also there are a couple of uh, some of the the better and good friends uh, that that are carrying uh, some of my products now, and eventually in that uh, again, Steve at at, at Southeast Overland and uh, Ray at Pure FJ, and uh, we'll be developing probably a whole thing at Pure FJ, and I think uh, new. Apex. Apex. Uh, Josh was over earlier and wants to wants to carry some of the stuff. So, you know, so the little guy is uh, getting getting out Good there. Year. You know, and, and well earned. Thank you. Very Thank well you. Well, very very appreciate it. And, and uh, it's fun being part of the group and still creating stuff and being innovative and and again be, being innovative in the sense of solving problems um, or issues. And and I generally think it's cost effect. Uh, I try to keep the cost down. Yeah. Um, you know. You know. Yeah. That one's great. <laughs> That's our roadie. The, the, forerun, the forerunner wanted to make a comment. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, thanks again, guys. I appreciate you. Yeah, having and we me appreciate on. you taking the time to come talk to Absolutely. us. Absolutely, no problem. Great, Absolutely. cool. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks again. All right, thanks, Ed. And you can find Ed on the interwebs at uh, radrubberdesign.com. Thank, thanks for the time, Ed, and uh, it was a ton of fun talking to you uh, during the interview, after the interview, just hanging out for a little bit. You're a, uh, a fun guy to hang out with. Hopefully we can uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Yeah, and Ed had made some custom um, rubber fender liners for me, um, which, uh, you know, we can talk about uh, at a later date, but basically this was a custom product, not a one-off, but um, just a usage for his product that uh, was a little different than what he intended because of, of my specific setup using Bushwhacker fender flares. So um, that product I believe he's going to make available um, to the public uh, very soon. So thanks, Ed. That was really cool. Moving on here. Let's see, we've only got a, got a few left. Skidmark 4x4, is that all right for the next one? Let's do it. All righty. We had uh, Rich Bradbury from Skidmark 4x4 on. And uh, Rich, you actually picked up one of his products while you were there. Kind of a, I had never heard of it before, never seen it before. And uh, it was really uh, really interesting listening to him, listening to him explain how, uh, how the idea for the product come, come about. And uh, after, uh, after you picked yours up, it was really a... Uh, it was even more cool getting to see it in person. Um, not that I couldn't have walked over to his booth and looked at it, but, uh, you know, kind of being able to put my hands on it and, and really, really see what it was. It's a, a really cool idea. It, it is. And, and uh, you know, I don't have a extremely high clearance <clears throat> vehicle, and my particular rear bumper um, has the trailer hitch hanging a little low. What the Skidmark uh, skid plate does is help protect um, your, your, you know, your receiver hitch. And while you may say to yourself, well, my receiver hitch is made of solid steel. What, what is the, what is the problem with that? Well, <clears throat> I've actually banged my receiver hitch hard enough to make it very difficult to get something in, into the two inch receiver. I've also bent up my safety chain, um, loops or hooks. Um, you know, the, the, the part that's actually on the, receiver i've actually bent them up enough to where um it's kind of a pain in the neck to get a pin in or get the safety chains on my trailer on what this skid plate does is it slides in the receiver and helps protect that and gives you a smooth service so that smooth surface so that if you do drag your tail or your bumper uh, across something on departure um it gives 
just just helps you slide along a little bit better without getting caught on the edge of that trailer hitch. It's, it's a cool product, and uh, well, Rich can explain it a heck of a lot better than we can. Sure. All right, we're we're hanging out with Rich Bradbury from Skidmark 4x4, who's down here at, with us at the Appalachian Toyota Roundup as a vendor. He's got a nice tent set up, and uh, he's going to tell us a little bit about Skidmark 4x4 and uh, what kind of products you're carrying and creating. Now, you create your... Yeah, so we're the, the manufacturer of the Skidmark 4x4 skid plate, which is a universal skid plate that plugs into the hitch receiver of pretty much any truck, so it'll fit in a... Tacoma, Forerunner, uh, FJ Cruiser, Tundra, anything like that, and other vehicles too. Uh, but it's a universal skid plate that you can actually share on the trail. So if you sold your vehicle or upgraded your vehicle, you could take it with you. Uh, you can share it with a buddy on your trail. Uh, it's unique in the fact that it just slides in, so you install it in a few seconds. Um, it gives you protection in the center, but it auto also gives you lateral protection because when you go up over an obstacle you typically don't go to the left or right you want to roll your roll your vehicle so it, it gives you a good uh, skid plate on the back you can also use it as a base plate for your high lift jack uh, take it off and create a wider base plate so it won't sink in the ground very nice uh, you can also flip it over and use it as a wheel chalk uh, and it also works as a great step to get on the roof rack of your vehicle very nice it's a really unique product um, what what quality material are you, are you using? You're using steel, obviously. Yeah, so it's quarter-inch plate steel. They're made in the United States in Indiana. Uh, they're made by some farm guys in a metal shop in like a little bit north of Indianapolis. Um, so those guys have been making them for us for three years. So we've been selling them for three years, um, patented them about three and a half years ago, and we haven't, haven't had a single return in that amount of time. So Very cool. And they're sold by several retailers around the country. 4x4 shops, Toyota dealerships sell them, some parts stores sell them, but we also sell them direct, directly online also. Okay, cool. Great. And what's what's your website address? It's just www.skidmark4x4.com. Okay. Very simple. Are you guys on social media, Facebook, anything we like that? We are on uh, Instagram, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. All okay. Yep. All right. And uh, you got some products with you here today. I do. All right, great. Maybe we'll get a chance to uh, uh, get some video. Maybe I'll go grab one and we'll get some video. Sure, get that. And uh, take a look. Now, um, so it, it goes in the hitch receiver, right. held in with a hitch pin. You know, we all know how this works, but, you know, some of our listeners out there may have never connected a trailer before. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, super simple. So we, you can use any hitch pin, like on the trail, but we recommend if you leave it on there to buy a locking hitch pin. Right, because and things tend to... Don't get stolen or whatever. Right. So, but yeah, it's super simple. I mean, if the concept's simple, it's... I don't know why nobody had done that before, but, you know, we have testimonies on the website. People love them. They use them in, you know, all over the country, and uh, we get people doing the Rubicon Trail or out in Moab, you know, last minute saying, hey, send me a skid plate, and, you know, can you get it shipped to us fast enough? And we ship it out uh, three-day, you know, two- to three-day priority mail, so it gets out pretty quick. Very nice. Now, the big question in a pro- product like this, and I'm sure you've answered this question until you were blue in the face, um, how much clearance uh, of you know, would someone lose or not lose by using uh, you it? You probably lose just a hair bit of clearance uh, because the leading edge of the skid plate goes underneath the metal part of the hitch, uh, and it obviously we've designed it so it clears that hitch, and there's a little bit of extra space because with the vehicles and the different type of hitches that are made, there's no exact standard. So 
Some of them are larger and some of them are smaller, but it, it's very negligible. It's a very small amount. And one of the questions people ask are, would that actually cause a scoop, you know, as people are going through something? Well, your rear end's way lower than that is. When right. you, your diff when, would be plowing way right, before this would. Absolutely. And if you go up an incline, if you we have a sample over at the booth, the leading edge of the skid plate actually goes up also. So it actually becomes like a, a lifted skid as you're climbing. So the place that you hit is right at the bend, which is the strongest point. Right. And so it's just extremely well. There's there's video on our website of it actually going off steps in Moab and hitting, and you can see how effective it is. Yeah. Very nice. If anything, it would probably allow people to slide off of things a little bit better because the hitch always, you know, gets hung on everything. Well, you can destroy your... I mean, if you're towing a trailer, you're camping or whatever, you go there, you're towing your trailer, and you plug the skid plate in, then you don't have to worry about coming back and having something broken like your plug-in for your lights for your trailer or something else under there that's damaged. You just take it out, put your regular receiver back in. The part I always bend is where the safety chains hook up. Right, and, and then getting the safety chains on is yeah. becomes a you know an ordeal with a hammer and <laughs> yeah, it completely fixes that. So yeah, 100% protects your safety chain latches and all that. Great product. It's very Great. nice. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you coming by and talking about it. And yeah, thank you very much. We'll stop by in a little bit. And yeah, I'll listen to the podcast. <laughs> thank, you. Right. thank you. Thank you. Take care, guys. Thanks. That was uh, Rich Bradbury from Skidmark 4x4. Okay, and, and again, we want to want to tell Rich thank you for uh, for the time, and and it was really nice getting to to meet you, and and uh, thank you for for coming on and explaining your product and and uh, that kind of stuff. If uh, you you uh, move into any other products, you know we we uh, we'll be glad to uh, to get some information out about them if the time if and when the time comes. Um. Let me pick next. I, w- I want to get Mozilla in next. I, I think the our our listeners are really going to enjoy uh, listening to uh, Greg. Yeah, uh, I, I was really glad. Again, I, I keep saying that I was glad these folks took time. But you know, when you uh, when when we were sitting in our booth and you know looked across the way at, at their booths, all of them had uh, always seemed to have people there, you know, talking to them and that kind of stuff. So it, it meant a lot that they were willing to. Uh, willing to step away from their their business for a minute to give us uh give us a few minutes of their time and uh, i appreciate it out of out of greg just just like everybody else you know that that's a great point that you bring up all of these vendors took the time for us uh you know they they walked away um while customers were you know wanted to talk to them to to talk with us and actually to talk with all of our listeners in a way um and and so thank you to to all of the vendors for for making that sacrifice and for putting up with us sure yeah because we were a couple of characters to put up with for the most part (laughs) especially when you get to the steve springs interview absolutely but But here's greg (laughs) yes here's greg all right we are live here with greg mozilla Thanks for giving us a few minutes, Greg. Oh, no problem. I am familiar with your company, but probably not quite as much as Rich is. So, Rich, do you have any direct questions? Well, um, I do want to uh, point out um, you run Gzilla Designs. Yep. You're the sole proprietor. Or actually, I shouldn't say sole proprietor because that's like a legal term. 
um, your oh, owner LLC. operator. Owner operator legally LLC. Yeah, yeah. As if that matters. Uh, yeah, but but a good deal of the Toyota community is familiar with you and, and uh, your products, um, and a good deal of the Toyota community is not until right. now. Right. Now they're going get to get to know you. Um, so I mean, absolutely. Uh, tell us, you know. Um, How'd you get started? Uh, you make you make parts for FJs, and we'll get into what they are in a second and stuff. But how'd you get started? Uh, main thing is, is I've been fortunate to work at a machine shop with my parents, and just decided when I got into the FJ Cruiser community a couple of years ago, I saw that I couldn't improve on a few simple products that were just for what my machine shop can do, like super simple. And I'm like, you know, I can compete, make some good contacts make some cool customers, go to some events, but not be like this mega company that makes a million products and gets a full-time thing out of it. I, I like to just focus on making it as quality as possible. Uh, everything I do is top quality aluminum. I machine it myself. I design it. I program it. Uh, I tumble all the machine marks off of them. I laser engrave them myself. I do anodizing. I do stainless steel hardware so it don't rust. Uh, that's a big thing for me. I live in Ohio. Uh, Rich is up north. A lot of the cheap stuff that you get comes with crappy hardware, and next thing you know, all your stuff's rusted, or the coating is crap. So I've been able to compete on the same price as some of the crappy stuff and make it better. So that, that's kind of how I got started. I mean, I started with the Fairlead because the company I bought my first Fairlead from I was like, well, this is easy. This is just flat aluminum with a couple holes and a slot for rope. So I started doing that, and that was my first big thing. And then saw some competing products on some other markets and mainly focus on FJ because it's just to get in and know the right people, make the right connections, make the right sources with, like, Steve Springs sells some of my products now, just dealing with one and I've already branched into Forerunners and Tacomas, and I'm mainly like to focus on FJ stuff because I feel like the FJs, like the customizer vehicles, a little bit more. Uh, like I make those aluminum grab handles where people can laser whatever they want on it, and that's been my biggest product so far. Uh, where I don't know if the Forerunner people are going to do that as much, so I haven't spent the time to do the R&D on it. I get asked a lot, but I'm like. You're just one person. Is it worth the time? Yeah. And then on top of that, the new Tacoma Forerunners only got one grab handle. So I'm like, not even going to focus on that. But I, my biggest thing this year, when when I went to the Northeaster run, I came out with a series of rooftop clamps, tube clamps. So I basically got clamps for awnings, high lift, LEDs, axe shovel, uh, pretty much anything you can mount on a tube I got. And that's been my big focus just because they work on any vehicle so now i got like jeep people asking me to make stuff so that's been my biggest branch going into other vehicles i, I think a lot of uh, uh vendors are feeling the need to do that you know especially now that the fj is not on the market you know uh new anymore uh in the usa um you're seeing more people move over to other vehicles and they want to take a lot of those mod, mods that might have gone with her FJ when they moved on uh, with them, you know, and, and if they can't take them with them, they want to at least replicate it. So 
you're seeing a lot of vendors, you know, branch out into the Tacoma and, yeah. and, and the Universal products. And not and only that, just like you have the Gobi Rack, you know, Gobi also makes them for Forerunner, same tube size. Yeah. So it's just instantly branching off to the next. And luckily, the Forerunner form and Tacoma form don't charge ridiculous fees. Actually, they don't charge anything to be <laughs> doing group buys and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you could see all the people dropping out of, you know, what we call the blue room. The FJ Cruiser Forums. But that's where, like, a smaller company like me actually excels. I just got into there and doing a trial run on being a vendor and been good so far. Yeah. And outreach with clubs, how does that work out for you? Uh, really great. Uh, there's 10 good groups that I'm in with, including Northeaster Group. I've been to your run twice now. Uh, came to this event twice. I went down to North Carolina last month and like 30 vehicles showed up. A uh, couple other big groups out there. I know Georgia group. I got a couple cool people in the Texas group and the Colorado group's huge now. Um, so, yeah, I mean, being a vendor and even like you, you, you pretty much know the big, I don't want to say big players, but like the admins or the, the higher ups, but you get to know them more on a personal level because you're in the community too. It's kind of like everybody's looking out for each other um, just be, by supporting other events, supporting the other groups, trying to get cool deals. Like I did the cup deal with you guys at the run. Um, you know, how many people do you know that you can be Are like, that flexible, easy to work with? Yeah, you're like, hey, can I get 50 cups? And I'm like, sure, and I'll bring them out to your run. You know, that that's hard to do in the community let alone to find someone else. Like, I saw it as a cool opportunity because I'm in the community. If you just went to a shop down the road, they're going to be like, why? Why? I don't care. Yeah, exactly. Um, so that's that's been really cool where I can do these cups and other lasered items for communities and putting company logos on it that other companies don't really take the time to do. They don't. And, and I think vendors who come to the events and make an effort to network and be in the scene, yeah. you know, the, the greater Toyota scene, I, I think that they're going to actually find the greater successes that way. Sure. Yeah. You know, I, I think they're yeah, going to... When, when you get that face-to-face interaction with people, and people know, like, like Greg takes his, his FJ out and Steve Springs, they get out and wheel. They're yeah. not... You guys aren't... Uh, Salesman just coming not, across this yeah. vulture. It's that, a it's that, a lot of time. I talk to everybody as if I'm their friend, but it, like I can't imagine how many messages Steve gets when he wakes up and stuff. Like <laughs> I, I don't know how he how many times he charges his phone. I'm like I know how many messages I get, and I I sell like five things for a couple vehicles. Uh, you know, so that's just two different things. But well, we wake Steve up in the morning with with probably know, text messages and pictures and things. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I make, I do a lot of third-party stuff, too, that a lot of people don't know. Like, I do, I make Steve's fair leads for him. We're uh-huh. doing some military contracts. Awesome. Um, so there's other stuff. You know, because I got the machine shop, other people are starting to realize, well, this is a, a nice guy. He does this stuff. What else can he do? Very and not only that, yeah. there'd just be, like, a stranger in the Colorado group that sees I make aluminum stuff instead of going in what used to be the yellow pages or something to find machine shop they already know a guy that makes cool stuff so it, it, it branches off beyond that and I get I feel like I know a decent amount about FJ products and foreigner products not not like technical stuff like you like you guys know but familiarity I do get a lot of people asking me questions like you get 
oh, what, what solar panel should I get? You know, just because you're in the industry more, people think you know all the answers. So it is a time-consuming gig, you can say. Um, I mean, a lot of these vendors here ask me for advice all the time, even just on general stuff, and I, I just find it fascinating that people are people are pretty cool and trustworthy of secret stuff that's not even out yet. You know, people are so afraid of copying each other and copying each other. Um, you know, where I at least, I try to make my products a little bit better than what's out there, and then on top of that, make it more affordable. Um, that's been my biggest thing. You, you had mentioned people getting a hold of you about making, like, specialty stuff. Are you willing to, to do that, or does it, it take too much tool time to, to do? It depends strictly on budget and one-offs. I've done a few one-offs. It's just not fun. But if it's something from my products or something that I can sell, I'm all for it. Uh, I just had, actually, the guys from Rock Creek Overland, uh, they wanted my awning mount. But the way that the rooftop tent was configured on their rack, uh, none of the awning mounts worked. Uh, so the cool story is, a week ago they had my awning mount, didn't work. I made a simple adapter to make it work, and they were just blown away by it. In a week's time, while I was preparing for an event, that I was able to just whip that up for them. Because just the way that their tent was configured, the awning had to stick out four inches. So they just had to... I mean, they could have did something DIY, but most of the people buying my stuff want, like, the quality kind of product, too. Right. They're not, because most of my stuff, you can, all my roof clamps, you can go to Home Depot and make your own or get the, the eBay ones for $10. Right, but but it, there's nothing wrong with, you know, a lot of people pick on people for, for who really like a, a good-looking truck and want to polish right. it up a little bit. There, there's nothing wrong with a, a little attention to detail for a nice-looking clamp. You know, oh, yeah. Especially if it's, you know, listen, I, I've paid $100 for a set of high lift clamps before, you know, yeah. uh, and, and then, of course, reconfigured my truck and didn't need them six months later. Right. But, but the point is, is people will spend a lot of money for something that doesn't necessarily match or look good, but it does the job that they need it to do. Yeah. So if you're offering something that, you know, the color matches my truck, cool, you know, right. that's a big deal to a lot of people. Even just being black coated. Yeah. Because... Some of the competitors make, they just leave it raw aluminum. Yep. Eventually that's going to corrode, yep. and it's shiny aluminum. Uh, I don't know. I mean, FJ's, most FJs got white racks, so it's not a huge deal. But, like, your tube's black, so why not? Anodizing's not that expensive, but then I go on top of the anodizing, I UV coat it. So at least for the southern crowd, the western crowd, it doesn't fade yeah. uh, like anodizing normally does. And then uh, my fair leads, I take the extra effort. I hard coat anodize them so they're more scratch resistant. And then uh, some of the new stuff that I'm coming out with, my hitch shackle mount, I'm going to offer that in hard coat anodize also. So that's a, that's another thing. My FJ Cruiser CB antenna mount is also hard coat anodized. That is really cool. I, I've seen you posted pictures yeah. on, on your uh, Facebook page. That because that's one product that luckily... Bandy, who freaking invented the thing how long ago, he hit me up and he's like, All Pro just butchered this thing and everybody's is rusted and his name's still tied to it. Yeah. And he, he sent me all these technical drawings. He's like, Dude, you should make this. This is so you. And he's like, I don't care. I, I, I'm like, I don't want to copy, especially something like that. A tube clamp, there's a million tube clamps. Antenna mount, that's you. 
and uh, you know he gave my gave me his blessing to make them, and people really like it because you can walk around and see how many of those all pro ones are just rusted. Nothing against all pro, uh, you know they're a huge company, but it is what people do know that thing rusts. Right. And, and up north, I could show you pictures of mine after just one year. You can't even fix it in a sand There's nothing, nothing wrong with being proud of a superior product. Yeah. And if you're putting the effort into making a superior product, yeah. um, you should be proud of it. Right. And, uh, that, that must be a good feeling to get a band of, uh, I can't talk, a blessing from from Bandy. Yeah. Because I, I know Leroy, and, and, and he's been in the FJ Northeaster since forever. Forever. For, before I was even a member right. of the club, he was in the club. And if, if you've ever, you'll, you'll get a chance to meet him in one day, Jason, at one of these things. Super nice guy, super smart guy, great engineer, yeah. very mechanical, very handy guy, but just a wide open guy. You know, he had the bandy mount idea, and, and he wasn't looking to make him so, Right. So getting a, the blessing from it, I mean, that for you has to be a pretty good feeling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've talked to him a few times about products. He actually owns quite a few of my products, and then... Uh, he was talking about, you know, he makes the body lift kits, and he knows I machine stuff, so we, we talk actually quite a bit. Um, it was unfortunate he couldn't go to the Northeast around, but I, I haven't met him personally, but we do exchange quite a few text messages, and he's like, you should just totally make this thing. Out. That was like one of those things, like if I know the competitor, on, and he's cool with the groups I'm cool with, you could start some serious beef, and it could screw some stuff up, so I'm, I'm not trying to do that with anybody. Um, You're trying to do what's best for the scene. Right. And it's the right product to bring out to the community with all the newer FJ people that are buying FJs are most likely going to start wheeling them as they became more affordable. Sure. So whoever bought it before, maybe Soccer Mom, now it's a trail rig, they need a CB. Um, Yeah, all pro, you can get just about any dealer, but people, people will shop around, people will get to know. And they'll find out pretty quick that people will start suggesting mine over the others. It's a lot lighter too. Aluminum versus steel is crazy. Yeah. Uh, like my hitch, my hitch shackle mount is like two pounds compared to some of the steel ones, eight nine pounds. Uh, it's a little bit more money compared to the steel ones, but yeah, everybody's recovery bag is just too heavy now. It it, it really weight is the killer, you know, in, in any of these trucks, and, and I think that. Uh, more and more aluminum stuff coming out is, yeah. is, is really a good thing. Yeah, like I just started making that product. Uh, probably going to start selling them in the next couple of weeks once I dial down the specs for the different shackles. Uh, I'm going to have to get load tested just, just because. Yeah. Because a lot of people like Factor 55 because they take all the extra steps and say, ours is breaking at this poundage. Uh, you know, I can't just go and say, well, the hitch pin's going to snap at X pounds, so who cares if this snaps at 50? Right. People still like that number. So that's going to be one of the bigger things. Well, plus it's good because it gives people a guideline on how to use the equipment that you're making. Right, you right. Uh, you're, not, you're not filling their head with this unrealistic expectation that... It, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to work at 80,000 pounds or something ridiculous, right. you know, because people do beat on their equipment, you know, yeah. and, and misuse it. And so the stuff that survives misuse is, is usually the winner. And, and, and that's going to be a product that ends up in stores like Southeast Overland where they have no idea who I am. You know, if it was like someone like you, you might buy my product, you know who I am, you kind of probably trust my work. Uh, 
compared to that, they walk into a store, if there's no number, they have no idea who I am, they're less hesitant to buy. But if it's a repeat customer, they're going to trust that I'm not trying to, like, kill them with something that's going to break. And and if you're holding the two in your hand and one has a rating and the other one doesn't, I mean, you know, this this is something, yeah. And they equate that to... Well, all the cheap Amazon and eBay ones for twenty bucks right. don't have ratings. So right. where's this thing made at? Exactly. Even if you say it's made in USA, that there's no no one no one checks that stuff. So you can't trust anything anymore. It's true. It's yeah. sad but true. Um, so what is your current product line? Tell us about the different products you you offer. Well, we covered a few of them: FJ Cruiser grab handles. I'm eventually going. to going to start doing the Tacoma 4Runner handles as I get more time to R&D them. Uh, another one I haven't talked much about is uh, battery tie-downs. Uh, oh, right. I, I've had them. I just haven't promoted them. I don't know why I haven't done that yet, but I have them uh, because maybe FJ and Tacoma guys don't really care what their engine bay looks like, perhaps, <laughs> but have you looked at your tie-down lately? It is crappy looking. I have the factory one. Yeah. yeah, I pulled my factory one out. It wasn't black anymore. It was rust. Yeah. And you know, for forty, fifty bucks, you can get a cool battery tied on. You know, it's not 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 necessarily the crowd, but it's there. Uh, a couple other stuff. I got all my roof clamps we talked about. Um, my laser engraved a lot of cups, a lot of group grill badges. A lot of different groups have done that. And then uh, I got two different flashlight mounts for FJ cruisers to replace grab handles. A lot of people get those. They like having their flashlight. I, I wanted to check out Rich's setup on the fire extinguisher mount because I've had quite a few people oh, ask. that's right. I remember us talking about that. Yeah. had quite a few people ask me about fire extinguisher and solar panels. Uh, like you suggested to Shane to get that solar panel set up, and he's like, well, how do I mount this thing? You know. And, and he, we've been talking back and forth uh, you know, not to not to get off topic, but yeah, but yeah he's, we've been talking backwards, and I think he was trying to set it up here in the parking lot. That's what I believe. <laughs> and then I, I haven't seen him for a while, so maybe he just set himself on fire. He and, did set it up, and it is running. I don't know about the solar panel, but I know the fridge is running. Yeah. So he's got that going for him. Yeah. Uh, that's that's the gist of it. Uh, I know the hitch shackle mount is going to take a lot of effort uh, just to... The testing is probably... I would imagine that that is not a cheap investment. Well, I'm going to start with uh, just the computer testing. The physical ones get up there in the thousands, and then you guys supply like 10, 15 of them that get broken. Wow. Um, computer, it's a good start. And then the antenna mount, uh, I've, I've got quite a few messages about those just because people are looking to switch theirs. As far as upcoming products, I still I've been doing a lot of R and D on some shifter setups, uh, just to come out with a cool different shifter, a little bit different than what's already out there. Because I think that's still an, a lot of FJ guys switch out their shifters. Yeah, it might not be another thing with like, will the Forerunner and Tacoma guys do it? If it's stealthy enough, they'll do it. Um, if it's affordable enough, they'll do it. That's for sure. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of people do shop by price tag. Yeah. And it's good to see vendors that want to offer, you know, affordable products, but you also want your stuff to be quality, you know? Right. And there's that balance. And, and I don't think a lot of people realize that the brain work is also something that adds value to a product, as right. well as the materials. You can sure. select good materials, but a human being still had to 
figure out. Yeah, like a lot of them require you to uh, use two nuts to jam them together, and but eventually your shifter is still going to loosen. The next thing you know, you're driving down the trails and you're unscrewing your shifter. I mean, it would kind of bother you, but if you're on the trail, next thing you know, you're trying to screw your shifter in. What are you taking your eyes off the road? Probably not the best idea. Uh, I mean, I could whip one up. It's just I I like to do my stuff as clean and crisp as possible, and I I like to make sure it's as good as I can make something to get my own approval. Because, I mean, my FJ, I I put a a crap load of effort into to go on my third or second or fifth piece of changing out different skid different this different that uh so and i'm i've only had my fj for two years and i've switched out a lot of stuff just to get different looks different functions changing brands um i mean you know you switch stuff around all the time oh god (laughs) yeah yeah so it's just a, a lot of research to you know you might have jumped into one and you're like this this didn't work out so you're switching it over and by the time you do that and like we were just talking about awnings not that long ago I'm like I want to get the rear awning you're like get, just get the fox wing I'm like wow I already got the side awning now I'm just more money gone yeah. now I gotta sell that lose the money <laughs> get the fox wing you know that's how it is but I mean, then when we talked about it you were like well that makes a lot of sense it does it does because fortunately you can sell you're not getting too many low ballers in the community. It's an honest community where... Well, especially if you take care of your stuff. Right. You know, if it's not all beat up. Yeah, you know. it's an honest community where you're going to get somebody to give you a fair price. You don't post an awning for $200 and someone offers you 10 bucks. It's not It's not Craigslist. Uh, but, you know, so you do get your fair people out of it. Well, the whole community knows stuff. what stuff is worth. Right. So, they're, for the most part, there's not some... Jackpot out there, right? Thinks they're going to get a bargain off of something. Yeah, and if they are doing that, then you know that they're obviously new on the the scene, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I just tried to sell my subwoofer the other day, and someone offered me like fifty dollars. I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is worth more than fifty, but I don't know. Um, But I haven't had a chance to quite look it up yet. Actually, the guy backed out from buying it, so now I just got to find another person to buy it. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. And I'm not looking to get rich off of it either. Someone else can have it and enjoy it. They sell pretty quick. I just sold one. Yeah. Uh, not to get too far off contact. Um, con- contact. Con- content. Well, I was going to talk about contact, too. Um, so how can people check out your products, find you, talk to you? Give us all that info. Basically, my website, gzilladesigns.com. Uh, How's that spelled? G-Z-I-L-A, just one L. Uh, kind of funny because my thing that I don't have on me right now has two L's, which is funny. Okay. <laughs> because you think they would know. Uh, <laughs> you but, think they would figure out Godzilla. Well, yeah. I, I did one L because my last name only has one L. But really, everybody does one L or two L's. It doesn't matter. I'm actually going to buy that domain that has two L's, so it auto-directs you to one L. And then uh, mainly Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I know I posted a bunch of pictures and video this week. Uh, I got my email address, but most people Facebook message or hit me up on Instagram. That's the bulk of communications. I'm going to work on a a new improved website now that I got all my different clamp configurations. I got nice pictures, but I got no descriptions. So that's, that's my focus when I get back home is coming up with a little bit better website that can do different shipping schematics because not everybody's just buying one product anymore yes and like I it took me a little while to figure out some shipping and 
it's learning curve, you know. But I, I like to do everything myself. You know. I, like for me, I, I go on USPS's website, research shipping, and then I got research packaging, bagging, or boxing. It's a decent haul, and then I got to look in retail packaging so stores can have a fancy box. Uh, Sooner or later, it's going to outgrow one guy, isn't it? Probably. You think so? Yeah. You hope so. Yeah. I mean, right now I could use help, but I just don't want to lose the quality. And a lot of people will message me. That's being in control. Right. But a lot of people people will message me because it's me. If I hire somebody to take over my messaging, you got to really trust that person. No, but you could probably find somebody to pack the boxes. Right. And get the stuff out to people. Yeah, I do. Well, that I do have some some help with at my shop. So I've been lucky to do that. And the only thing that we actually outsource at our shop is the anodizing and uh, hardware yeah. screws. We don't make our own screws. Right. Uh, that's, that's but when I use screws, I use 18-inch stainless steel, so I don't, I don't mess around. You have to. That stuff's super important. Yeah. Even then, sometimes 18-8 doesn't work up in, up in Ohio. It still get a little rusted. Well, we appreciate you coming and spending a few minutes with us. Tell us about the products. Um, that That's Greg Mozilla from Gzilla Designs. Yep. And you can find him on gzilladesigns.com. Yep. And on Facebook, look up uh, Greg Mozilla. And uh, he, he loves uh, bikini pictures. So be sure to send him, especially any selfies uh, that you might have of that kind of topic material. That'll work. <laughs> that might turn out to be really scary. We, that's what we're hoping. I don't want to see you in a bikini. No, I don't want to see me in a bikini. <laughs> the type of picture. I don't want to see any of you guys in a bikini. <laughs> or your head photoshopped on. Or my head photoshopped on a bikini. Any one right. right, right. But if this works out for Greg and he gets some nice bikini pictures, right. I'll, we, I'll, we'll forward really them. Yeah. I'll forward them. I'll, I'll see, post them on your website for you. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Anything else? That's it. That's it. All right. Okay. Uh, if you guys haven't checked out uh, Gzilla Design, um, you really need to. I personally don't have a vehicle that anything that Greg makes will fit. Um, yet. Yet. That being said, the guy makes some cool stuff. So if uh, if you're looking to dress up your FJ or, or, or your late model 4Runner or Tacoma, um kind of stuff uh just little little things that make it stand out from the crowd um greg is your guy uh and get- and greg is making new stuff all the time and one thing about greg is if you drop him a note and say hey could you make this he will listen to you so just because he doesn't really talk about your particular toyota now if there's something you want by all means, he's got a great eye for detail. He's got a great eye for color and design and fit and finish. Uh, so, you know, he's worth your time, even if you don't see what what you want. Right. Yeah. Uh, m- make sure to to check him out. He uh, good good guy doing doing good work and and just got some cool stuff going on. So, if uh, like I said, if if you haven't checked him out already, make make sure you do so. Okay, now 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 to our finale, the the only one we got left. Oh, this guy again! <laughs> Jeez, everywhere we go, this guy is here. He uh, 
You know, you'd think he was like the third host of the show or something. It's funny how that works. Yeah. He seems to get mentioned in every episode. I I don't know. Well, he, he does sponsor the podcast, so we, we sort of, I guess we, we sort of have to mention him every episode, right? Isn't that how it works? Well. You know, this episode brought to you by Southeast Overland. See that? <sighs> that sounded like all like, like television, didn't it? Yeah. Kind of. I don't know. Maybe right, a little, I'm may, sorry. Maybe a little cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect for us. Cheesy? Cheese. Double cheese, man. Come on. Oh. All righty. Well, anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, on with the debauchery. <laughs> All right. You guys have, if you don't know who Steve Springs is from Southeast Overland, crawl out from under the rock you've been living under. Um, <laughs> Steve is a great guy. Uh, Actually, if you're under that rock, you'll probably see Steve there. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Steve is a great guy that that puts up with more of Rich's hard time than mine, but uh, he does it with uh, such grace and, and, uh, I don't know, witty comebacks that (laughs) I I don't even want to delve into that that mess, but... uh, Well, because this is podcasting, uh, one thing I want to just tell our readers before we, we proceed with this interview is... I have never seen a human being face palm as much as I did Steve Springs during this interview. Yes, we seem to back him into many corners that he, he wasn't sure how to come out of. I, I believe he did most of this interview covering his eyes with his own hand. And you will understand why when you listen to the interview. <laughs> He's a good friend, and uh, th- thanks once again, Steve absolutely for for everything you do it is uh truly appreciated from both of us we're gonna have to interview him until he laughs all right quit talking about him because we're recording now so no we can talk about we can talk about him even more all right i was gonna talk perfect red Godzilla does not smile you guys know him better than i do oh yeah we can, right. ra- we can rag on him. No, no. I think the entire Toyota community is well aware that Greg Mozilla does not smile. Okay. Well, we've covered Greg Mozilla does not smile. Um, can, we put that, can we put that on the air? Yeah, absolutely. Is it on the air already? Yeah, it's on there now. We love so. you, Greg. We love you, Greg. <laughs> Are you smiling now? Sitting down with us now is Steve Springs. Welcome back, Steve. Thank you, Jason. Where's Steve Springs from? Uh, Southeast Overland. I've never heard of him. Me neither. Where the hell have you been? In the Northeast. He has, no, he has no soul. Yes. For a non-ginger. Non-ginger? Oh, it's red. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this conversation is going down real fast. <laughs> what you been up to since the last time we talked, Steve? Oh, we've been traveling a lot. We've been splicing a lot. Um, we're doing a lot of military government work now. Um, all next week, I'll be traveling to do military training outside of Fort Bragg, um, both on full-size vehicle and, and dirt bikes, which is fun. Um, last time I was up there, uh, maybe a month, month and a half ago, we were doing quad training. Um, Polaris 850 quads, military spec. Nice. Um, a lot of the, the, the equipment we're making for the military now, we're changing all the colors and our synthetics all to black um, because you don't really want a orange soft shackle waving around above your head. Sure. Um, but they really like the synthetics because you don't have the clicky sounds of 
two bow shackles clanking together. Right. And they use the bow shackles, but they have to tape them to their equipment. So if they ever need them, they get out, they have to rip the tape off or cut it off, and then use it, and it's clanking around, it has a noise signature, and the whole thing we deal with, uh, the company's called Tactical Mobility Training, we train through. You have to keep your noise signature constant, you have to keep it quiet, you keep everything so you don't know that you have 20 people out there, they just know there's maybe one person out there. We all crank up at the same time, we all cut off at the same time. It's it's um, sort of, it's military overlanding is what it is. But um, the equipment's working great. Um, some of it's gonna be, be widely used here soon. So we're real excited about it. My hands aren't too excited. My hands are pretty calloused and blistered from it. But- um, Be worth it in the end. Oh yeah, it's Hopefully. worth it. it it's, it's real rewarding just to know that I mean, I, I love giving gear to, you know, the guys out here wheeling at Winrock. You know, it's great. I love seeing my gear out there. I love seeing my gear being more getting loaded up um, for military use. Sure. You know, because they, they trust it. So it, it's fulfilling to me. It just, I just feel good knowing that they're using it. Definite, <laughs> definite stamp of approval anyway. Yeah. And, uh, and in an event like this, you have certainly less to take home. Yes. You, oh, yeah, with, a good with sales deal today. Yeah. <laughs> so we, actually, after here, we have to drive at a nice long drive back to the store to drop stuff off than driving over um, for the training all next week. So yeah, the more I can sell here, the, the better because it's less to carry home because a very weighted down FJ Cruiser does not get good mileage when it's not re-geared. It, it doesn't get good mileage re-geared ever stock at any Never, point. ever. Yeah. No. Um, <clears throat> what, uh, for other vendors, for the for the benefit of other vendors that might you know be, be listening to this, um, what draws you to an event? Why do why should vendors and why should more vendors get involved with events like this? Because this is a great turnout event. It was about a dozen vendors here, maybe fourteen. Something like that, yeah. And and um, you know, as a vendor, what, what do you get out of coming? I mean, sales are great, but aside from that, what 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 is the what? What other benefits do you see from it? Yeah, thank the, you. The, the, bottom, <laughs> <laughs> the bottom line, our, our, our bottom line when we come to an event, what it costs me to be here and to travel my time, we don't make money at events. That's not what it's about. Um, I mean, you come here to meet people, we come here to meet people. Um, one of the most expensive things in business is earning a new customer. The most expensive is losing a customer because you had to earn them. But um, people here, we know the names, we know the screen names, we know their vehicles. I know their emails, and they've ordered stuff from us before. Smoking's bad for you, Rich. I'm not smoking. What are you doing? I'm listening intently to your words. I'm hanging on your every word. No, you're not. Um, <laughs> we're, we're getting new cousins, we're getting to meet people. We have people who have you know, bought from us a dozen times and I've never met them before. And they come up to me again, we're selling here, and they give me their email, I'm like, I know you. A guy that just bought some stuff. I was like, you've bought from us three or four times. I've never met him before. So I get to put a face with it. Sure. And also between vendors, I get to meet other vendors too, which is great because, you know, they sell my products, I sell their products, and we get to put faces with names and phone calls. And you can get a lot more done here sitting down with another vendor in five minutes than you can get with hours on emails going back and forth. Social media is a great thing, but there's nothing beats face-to-face -face right. interaction right. and uh, with you doing so much mail order stuff and, and internet stuff, uh, I would imagine being in events like this gives you an opportunity to uh, to meet customers that you would never meet otherwise. Right, yes, you yes. Know, at, at least not face-to-face. -face, anyway. Right, and, and we travel a lot for that. I mean, we just got back from um, visiting the Colorado FJ Cruises for a week, went wheeling up the tree, tree line, 11,000, 12,000 feet of elevation we were at, mountain lakes. I mean, it's awesome to sit down there with a couple dozen people that um, I've never met them before. 
never seen their faces before. I've sold them lots of things, and they're very supportive, just like the Northeasters. Um, and we started going to see y'all, and it's paid dividends, um, both on the business side and on the personal side. We've made some real good friends. With the guys from the Northeast? A couple of them. Okay. Yeah. They're rough up there. <laughs> All rough. these crazy tattooed people. Right. I can't say anything. I'm not as bad as Rich, but I've got a few myself, so... <laughs> Well, Steve, you're slowly turning into a crazy tattooed person yourself. Maybe. <laughs> Is your mom listening? Is no, she, but my mother-in-law might be. Your mother-in-law might yes. be listening to the podcast? Yes, she might. What's her name? First name? Lucinda. Lucinda? Hey, Lucinda. You would be very proud of Steve right now. You should always be proud of Steve. But especially right especially now. Especially right now. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else we need to get to with Steve? No, let's get rid of him. I'm so tired of looking at him. Bye. <laughs> Fought for two hours to get him over here for two minutes of conversation. Yeah, but. Richard's always like, come here now. I get the finger like I'm uh, a little kid that's in trouble. I'm like, what? Uh, we want to talk to you. Okay, I thought I did something wrong. What episode did we initially interview Steve on? Uh, it was a previous episode. That was but a while remember. back. I mean, y'all had a lot of episodes since then. This, is, this would be our 19th that we're recording right now with you. Like, Wealth or so? I think it's so. It's been a while. There's, there's yeah, been a I, lot. Any of the listeners remember which episode it was? Because <laughs> I don't. We have a, actually a small audience of listeners here today. Um, but definitely check out our, our initial interview with Steve Springs, and it is marked in the podcast list. And, uh, you know, consider this a file-up event uh, or, or interview just to, to see where Steve has gone since then. Absolutely. And you're welcome back anytime. Thank you. Y'all going to any events soon? Any other events? Um, I'm going to be in a few weeks at uh, the New Hampshire Overland Challenge where our team's going to be competing mm-hmm. against uh, 20 other teams or 19 other teams. Did you pick your shirts out? Um, well, uh, our initial um, team name and shirt idea was rejected um, because even uh, it turns out even if you use cuss words in Polish, though, we'll still figure it out. <laughs> so <laughs> my, my, my teammate's Polish, and, and so he sort of helped me out with that a little bit. So um, our, our uh, you know, we, we attended Overland Challenge last year. So this year our team name is Make Overland Challenge Great Again, <laughs> which we don't know how the event organizers are going to interpret that. Can you get a spray on tan and make your beard orange? Um, I could. Uh, yeah, I, I, I could. But, um, you know, then I think people would think we were brothers, and I just don't think that's fair to you. It, it, the readers can't see, unfortunately, but I am face palming at this moment. <laughs> uh, but that's that's my next uh, big event, and then the FJ Northeasters hold their annual turkey trot, which is uh, you know I'm I'm uh, the dictator and or president of that club uh, in the Northeast, and we hold that at Roush Creek Off Road Park, and that uh, like most of our events is or all of our events is a charity event, which is a Toys for Tots drive. Um, so, you know, all you need to uh, be at that event is a 4x4 and a toy, a brand new toy, in value of more than $10. So, <laughs> the pause in, in recording was for a selfie. Yeah, yeah. Steve's good with a selfie. He tickles my chin in selfies. Have you ever seen this? I do what? You, you guys. did. You take selfie. You, you'll take a selfie with me in the background, and you go like... Was I intoxicated? 
No, you were sober. It was during a high lift demonstration of all times, which is a very sobering experience. <laughs> you remember? Somebody else is here. Kenny's over here saying, "Yeah, I remember that one." <laughs> I have to say, y'all's relationship, although I admire it and totally respect it, a bit strange at times. <laughs> he hugs me yesterday. I did. When? He did. I did. I, I'll take your word for it. He want, He's trying to dodge it now, but he did. Whatever makes Rich happy. Is that what it's all about? Not, not in my book. I, I'll go. <laughs> Face palm. I'm going to back my truck up to the southeast overland tent now and just uh, start loading up. So. All right. Are we done with Steve? Yeah. Or, or rather, is Steve done with us? Oh, yeah, there's probably a better chance of that. I need to go repent. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Steve. Thanks for your time. Thank you for having and, uh, me. Thanks for all your support. I appreciate it. Again, I love reading the podcast. Unfortunately, fist bump. You um, read the podcast. That's what you did just, I just said. Did I say I read the podcast? You read the podcast. I just. I have not had breakfast. I wish what I could. I wish I could lunch. read the it's podcast. It's lunchtime. <laughs> no, unfortunately, it's been so. Uh, it's much easier to listen to a podcast. It is. Yeah. You should try it. I have you could do it while you're driving. I've not been able to listen a whole lot lately. My. You've got plenty of road time coming. I up. do coming up, but my my podcast time, I have a acreage to have to mow and bush hog and everything and i love it's very monotonous so i love to put my i he loves iPhone the, the, on. the podcast the podcast or <laughs> mowing well i'm mowing i listen to it but we've been in drought no, i'm right asking now. is the what? mowing monotonous or the podcast no the mowing is monotonous. <laughs> okay the all mowing right. is monotonous all right i mean i enjoy listening to jason here and then all of a sudden rich chimes in and i'm i'm trying to face palm as i z turn and i'm going in circles because i need both hands and well you better catch up because we've been insulting you for at least the last six episodes I think. Pro- probably yeah and right. i mean we're waiting for stuff to come back and it's just dead air you need to go live so i can call in oh Ooh. all right all right we'll put that on our bucket list we'll work on that we'll work on that. okay get your people together <laughs> my people <laughs> you're talking to my people <laughs> Our person. We must have a bad connection. Is this the, <laughs> is this the click and clack of Toyota World? Yes. That, that's what I keep hearing, yes. Yeah. yeah. Something tells me we're not nearly as intelligent or entertaining as those two gentlemen were. But Well, half of you might be. The other half, I'm not sure. Notice he's not going to point out which is which. So no, I'm, I'm going to try this face palm <laughs> thing now. That it works very well. Talking about. Does it help? A little. Okay. You can't, you, can't see, you can't see the people your dad are insulting you. I know Rich insults me a lot, but he loves me. I, I try to I call him love taps. All right. Are, 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 are we done? That yeah, doesn't have to be awkward. Okay. No, that, that right. is. I think Apparently it is. All right. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Thanks Steve. Rich. Okay. Hopefully Steve will still be talking to both of us after that interview. <laughs> He might be texting. Yeah. He actually sent me a text the other night. I was surprised. But anyway. <laughs> uh, okay, this next interview, we weren't able to uh, to catch up with Brett while we were at the event. When uh, when he was free, we were busy. When, when uh, we were free, he was busy. So it just didn't work out to... Uh, to get something recorded at the event but we were able to catch up with him after after the event and uh glad to have him back on to uh to talk just a little bit more about how he uh 
how he thinks the event went this year and, and maybe some plans and, and uh, considerations of changes and that kind of thing for, for next year and, and what to look forward to uh, to coming up. So here is a uh, just a short interview with, with Brett, the, uh, the organizer of Appalachian Toyota Roundup. We'll get right into that. Brett, thanks for giving us a few minutes here, and we'll keep this kind of short, but uh, glad to uh, glad to have you back on to talk a little bit more about uh, Appalachian Toyota Roundup. No, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate the support that the Toyota Trucks and Trails put into the event this year. Um, coming out, actually being there, setting up a tent, taking the time to talk to uh, some of our vendors and sponsors that came out that uh that shows a lot for you guys and uh, how you guys are taking care of the community, making sure everybody's getting the word about what's going on out there. That's more than anybody can ask. Well, it's it's absolutely our pleasure to do it. We're we're more than happy to uh, we were more than happy to be there and and uh, thoroughly enjoyed the event and just glad to do it. Excellent. Yeah, everything uh, turned out real well. Um, event pretty much went off without a hitch. Excellent turnout, 186 trucks, 290 people. Everything was great. I tell you, I was thoroughly pleased uh, with every aspect of it this year. Well, well, my question with, with how things are going is, how are you going to keep topping it year after year? Well, you know, that's one of the things a lot of guys have asked. You know, how are you going to improve or what are you going to do to grow or expand? And for us, it's it's not really a numbers thing. Granted, our, our numbers are great. The, the the quotes being thrown around, largest event on the East Coast for Toyota specific, and that that's very possibly the case with the numbers that we're running, but that's not really what we're focused on. Like I said before when we spoke, it's really about getting guys out there from across all of the Toyota name, all the different models come into the same event, everybody realizing that they can come out there and break down the stereotype that has to be one product line in an event. And, you know, there's no cross demographics or anything like that. And I think we proved it pretty well. I mean, just going through, you know, at our event this year, you stood 186 trucks that were there, you know, 48% of them were FJ cruisers, 24% forerunners, 13 Tacomas, and then 15, you know, the land cruisers, Lexuses, mini trucks, um, you know, Toyota truggies, modified rigs, stuff like that out there, a lot of tube chassis stuff. So that just says a lot about the way that we kind of sell and advertise the event. And people are really, really liking that idea. Um, even um, a lot of the diehard guys that have been kind of faceted in that old school thought process where, you know, one product line stays with one product line year after year after year. Yeah, I, pardon me, I think that, uh, I think, you know, you and I had talked about that before. I think that really resonates within the community, and uh, I definitely, uh, I want to personally see more of that, and, you know, we, we talked about it before, that's exactly how we want to, uh, how Rich and I want to handle the, the podcast, is to uh, to try to get something out there for everybody, even though it seems at times like we kind of lean lean one way or the other that's it's by no means intentional and and with time we'll get that we'll find that balance where uh, we uh we'll never make everybody happy but we'll we'll try to get some more information out there but yeah i i, I mean i for one appreciate the fact that that is uh that's the direction that you're trying to go we've we've definitely discussed that in the past yes most definitely well and you know there's a lot of things that 
as far as different, um, there's some stuff and changes that I'm going to try to make in the event. Um, one of the big things, and, and I know we do a boatload of marketing, and our registration is, is open over seven months. And it's a lot of it. It's our second year. You know, we're, we're rolling into the third year. You know, 2017 is going to be the third year of our event. And just getting everybody to realize that we do do stuff a little bit different. It's an all-inclusive event, so we do have to have guys pre-register. That's still something uh, we try to fit everybody in, and we ended up extending registration for three weeks this year. And uh, I'll be honest with you, Jason, um, just on the Saturday with people contacting us, emails and everything else, I had over 30 people that tried to contact us just Saturday of the event that we're trying to register and over the, the two weeks before when we just said, you know, we're, we're tapped out, guys. There's nothing that we could possibly do. We can't go back to our food vendors and add any more. It's just one of those things when you've got caterers coming in and everybody's working off from numbers and orders, whether it's our lanyards or our badges or our decals or our shirts, all of that stuff, we've got responsibilities to our vendors to get those numbers out there in a timely manner. I guarantee you we would have had another 80 to 100 trucks at this event if i could have just kept everything open and i'm thinking of different ways to do that but it's um it's hard to do when you've got guys that sign up for the event that everything's all inclusive and then if you open the gates at the last minute and say all right well we're going to do a discounted ticket and you guys don't get anything it's not fair on both sides. You know, the guys who stepped up and registered like, you know, we asked them to do in the beginning who are getting everything, paying one price and then doing something else discounted for the others that aren't getting that stuff. It, it, there's a little bit of crossover there. You know, the one guy's not going to get the product and the other guy that's got all the product, maybe there's some things he didn't want. He would have liked to have select a certain few things different on his ticket. And there's just no way for us to do that, as you said, making everybody happy. So I think one of the things we're going to do is to try to get the fact that it's a pre-registration event out there a little bit more next year. Um, possibly do something a little different. It's impossible for us to broadcast all of our trail rides. One of the things that a lot of guys don't understand is I've got a huge group. You know, I've got about 10 to 12 guys that are sitting around that are waiting to take guys out on trails. And we don't break out and just take guys on trails and that's something that a lot of guys caught this year i let the crowd tell us what we're going to do i can't predict uh you got me you may have a guy out there who runs black trails all the time but he's 14 hours away from home doesn't want to put that harsh abuse on his rig out there at the park worried about making it back home he drove it to the park that weekend he may want to run light blues or he just may be out there to you know be kind of a scenic event this time so we don't necessarily pre-predict what people are going to run. We wait till we have our driver safety briefing, and then we break people into groups. And I don't, I kind of go through the breakdown of the trail system at Windrock and kind of what's inclusive under each color guideline that they use for marking their trails off. But what I do is I actually will tell people what to expect when they're on the trail. You know, vehicle contact from underneath from rocks. This style of trail is going to be this if this is what you're looking for line up on this side over here if you're okay with this line up here if you don't want a branch to touch your truck or no rocks and you're looking for the easiest ride possible over here and when you do that it's kind of hard for us to pre-set up what we're doing we've kind of got a stockpile of trails that we pre-ran and broke everything out that would be acceptable for different groups 
And then once we get the guys to break out, the guys and gals, let me correct that, into groups, we see how many numbers we've got. And then we break out and we're kind of fluid. And that's something that works out well. But I think a little bit is uh, advertising to guys that we're covering all bases. There were a lot of guys this year that were breaking out and doing their own thing in different groups. You know how it goes. The second year, people are feeling a little bit more comfortable. You've got guys that have been to the park several times since last year's event that had never been before since last year. So they've got the layout a little bit better. And there were some guys that were running their own little small groups, which is great by all means. We're, we're great as long as you show up for the driver safety briefing so I can kind of give an overview of what we're expected to do in the park and what we expect our crew and our guys to do. Make sure everybody's on that same page. By all means, break out, do your own thing. That's what the event's for. I'm not forcing anybody to go on any of our actual rides where we've got guys that are taking people out in the park that are unfamiliar. But um, just getting everybody to know that uh, if you wanted to run a black, we were able to do that. If you were wanting to run you know, a mild blue, we had that, more aggressive blues, even all the way down to gravel. We had a lot of overlanders that were in the event this year about 12 different overland crews and a lot of those guys don't like the harsher trails they're out there more of an expedition style and they want to do the longer runs be out there all day run up to the high side you know we had a couple different runs all the way up to the flats this year which is an all-day trip absolutely beautiful scenic everybody that did it loved it so that's one thing there i guess those two messages are, are probably the two key things i'm taking away from this year as far as getting that word out there and uh Hey, this is a great chance to do it, so I appreciate that. That's uh, just a heads up for next year. Um, and just so everybody knows, I, I was hit already uh, uh, by a ton of people. Next year, the 2017 event is identical to this year, and it will be every year. It's every Labor Day weekend, starting the Thursday before Labor Day. Technically ends Sunday night, um, the night before Labor Day starts that Monday. And if you uh, want to stay in camp inside of the event area, everybody has to be out by 10 a.m. Monday morning. But uh, next year, the dates, starting Thursday, August 31st, that Thursday night, running all the way through Sunday night, September 3rd. Cool. Cool, cool. Well, I, I, I was about to make a moron out of myself because i was going to ask you if the dates were set for next year and uh, it it didn't even dawn on me yes they're already set for next year because it'll be labor day next year as well so uh count me a little slow to the game brett but uh, oh, I'm, I'm trying that's all right yes um for uh this is right now we're set up with run rock for uh 10 years for having this event um so for the next 10 years, we're going to be out there every Labor Day weekend, and there's not going to be really anything changed. It's something that guys can schedule and plan around. Um, you know how it is, Jason. Uh, time off for a lot of guys making plans and stuff like that. A lot of guys really, really like the fact that it's kind of a fixture or stationary event where nothing changes. The park's planable. The dates are planable. They love the fact that they know that the Thursday before Labor Day is when it starts. And it runs all the way through till Labor Day morning. And that's something they can plan around. They can get their time in early. And uh, some of these guys that can't do it every year, you know, whether it's, um, you know, keeping the missus happy and going out and doing a cruise or a trip or some type of vacation over Labor Day one week, one year, and then coming back out for the, you know, that weekend the next year. 
that's something guys like they can put it on a calendar and it's kind of a, a fixture there the event is anyway right well uh are are there uh are there any uh highlights from this year's event that that you'd like to uh take a few minutes to talk about brett um we'll uh we'll have you back on to talk more about next year's event when that when that time comes the main thing um it's just a big thank you i want to thank everybody i i can't tell you and you were there jason and i know you got a chance to kind of mix mingle and, and get around with the majority of our group but we've got a really good group of guys um about the only thing, and it's Windrock's got a low speed limit. It's about the only thing you'll hear me harp on the group about is the speed limit through the park. And besides that, we didn't have a single complaint. And it's, you know, the organizer of this who goes back through, who goes out, walks everything inside of the event area, makes sure everything's cleaned up, broke down, and oversees all of that. It was It was spotless. Our guys are great. Uh, we don't. There's no drama at the event. It's a drama-free event. The guys are clean. Um, we don't have any issues between people. Everything goes off like, without a hitch with that. And I, I just can't thank them enough. I mean, the event area was spotless. We went around, and I think we picked up one can and a couple little bitty pieces of stuff. And, and for a group that large with that many people camping inside of that area, that's, that's spectacular. Um, so I, I can't thank everybody enough who came out to the event. We hope to see you guys next year. And that's just the kind of crowd that we want to have year after year. We can't say enough about that. Um, let me, let me thank the guys that, that helped really make it popular. I mean, I, I organize a lot of stuff and my wife and I work really hard at that, but without our volunteers, the setup crew, um, you know, the, the guys at Titan, Evan and Jody and Cody, those guys are out there helping set up from the beginning, Don and Michelle, um, just the hardcore group that gets out there for the weekend, gets their hands dirty, setting stuff up, just going to town, working hard. Um, Greg was out there this year. We had a lot of guys that were helping out, which is great. It makes sure nobody kills themselves on setup. Um, the people that donate their time, not just with setup, not just volunteering, whether it's Michelle helping my wife out, getting everybody checked in, but um, medical staff. I mean, we've got four EMTs on. Um, even one of them is trained as a first responder um, on the wilderness side. And just having a wilderness first responder, three actual EMTs there, that's a lot to ask for those guys to come out and donate their time. They're there to have fun and off-road, but their primary concern is to make sure everybody's safe if they have any issues or medical emergencies. I mean, that, that right there is something that I can't thank those guys enough for. Um, the guys that go out, uh, Andy this year, STLCA donated his time, taking out leading guys, having a good ride, you know, Josh, Scott, Cody, Joe, Evan, Jody, um, big majority of my staff going out on the trails. I I just can't thank those guys enough. Um, you guys, (laughs) Jason, you and Rich coming out, setting up broadcasting, um, taking care of the sponsors, the vendors, just giving everybody a good feel for the event. I mean, that's huge. I mean, we had, as you know, because you talked to the majority of them, we had uh, 14 vendors actually at the event this year, which is, is huge. That's huge for any event. 14 actual vendors that were represented at the event um, come to take care of guys, answer questions, show product, not just there to sell, um, 
make friends, future business, take care of any questions, anything that they wanted to know new coming out on the market on their side through their business products they sell. Um, that's just great. That right there is a lot of what the event has to offer people coming out. And I can't thank those guys enough to do that. Not to mention every single one of them's on the sponsor side as well. So not only are they out there as a vendor, but they sponsor the event. I don't have any vendors that don't sponsor. And uh, we had 32 sponsors this year. I mean, um, I'll just blow through them real fast. Windrock Park, Toy Tech, Core Outfitters, Trailworks Fabrication, Southern Style Off-Road, Bud Built, U.S. Off-Road, Pure Auto Parts, FJ Cruiser, Res Fabrication, Trail Toys, Southeast Overland, Apex Off-Road, RCI Off-Road, Highland Expedition Outfitters, Second Chance Medical, Rad Rubber Designs, DB Customs, Indie FJ Cruiser, Orange Box Fabrication, Skidmark Off-Road, Gzilla Designs, Prepper's Edge, C4 Fabrication, Mid-State Toyota, uh, STLCA, Southern Land Cruiser Association, even actually stepped up this year as a, a sponsor for the event. Red Dirt Off-Road, Metal Tech 4x4, Mindful Essences, FJ Stickers, Yard Nation, and uh, we can't forget the guys that fed us Friday and Saturday night, Bogart Steakhouse and Tavern, and Braze Barbecue. That just, without all that, Jason, and I said it at the event, it's true. If we don't have those guys to come out and make this what it is, it's just a bunch of guys in the woods out there camping and wheeling. It's what separates this event from a lot of other events out there. Well, it, I have to uh, I have to say that, that uh, your vendor setup um, at this event was uh, something that was totally new to me, and I, I, it, I was really impressed by it. Um, the, the fact that, like you said, there were so many of them there that were set up and and uh, not just selling stuff, but interacting with attendees. Um, I thought that was uh, that was a really stand up thing and and something that I haven't uh, haven't experienced at at other events that I've I've been to. So, props to you and and props to them for uh, for putting themselves out there like that. Yes, very true. I mean, every single one of them goes above and beyond and. Just, um, you know, whether it's from somebody going up and being able to ask questions, even if it's something they're not looking to buy, you know, for another six months, or whether it's Steve from Southeast Overland giving one of his classes. He did a line winch line splicing class this year, and he also did a recovery class. Um, those are, are things there that uh, may sound like a lot of guys don't even need that stuff. And uh, trust me, even even I do time after time. It's helpful to go back through and listen to some of that stuff. Some stuff we don't use, some stuff the way that we do it all the time. We fall back to what's comfortable and we don't even think about different ways of recovery. So that's something right there that even as a refresher, even if you think that, you know, it's there's nothing going to be covered that you don't know. Those are always good things to sit in on. Um, it, it's great. Like I said, the vendors just really stand up for the event and we can't thank them enough. Yeah, that's that's awesome, the support that... Uh... The support that they gave, not not just uh, just just by being there, I guess is is what I was trying to say. Very true. Well, in besides that, you know we uh, we had a really really good event on the charity side this year. Everybody knows this is a charity event, always will be. Um, we broke off and we supported two groups this year. Uh, we raised $1,000 for the Southern Four-Wheel Drive Association. 
which uh, everybody should be happy about that. Everybody who attended, that was all raised from the attendees. Um, there's no um, insert money. There's nothing that come in from a different direction. Those are the people that attended this event that put their hard money out there to support a charity. And that says a lot. We raised over $1,000 for the Southern Four-Wheel Drive Association. And we also raised $500 um, to go to the Louisiana flood victims. We've got a vendor. And I'll just take a couple seconds. I don't want to single anyone out on the vendor sponsor side who supports the event more than the other. But uh, we wanted to give back to somebody who's given to this event. Um, Kevin at Southern Style Off-Road has taken this event by storm from the very beginning. One of the biggest supporters that we have on a sponsor side um, couldn't make it this year as a vendor because on the way back um, from the other coast, he was coming back from the West Coast, got into an accident about two weeks before our event and totaled the 470. So his Lexus, his demo vehicle with all his product on it, just uh, it's borderline totaled. They're fighting right now to see if they can save it. But that was the first whammy that he got. And then being down there in Louisiana, they had all those rains move in on them. Got water in the shop. Um, the, the shop as a whole survived. You know, they had damage, and it, it, I'm sure it cost them thousands with the water and everything that came into that location. But the hard thing for them down there was is a lot of their employees, including the owners, a lot of them lost their homes. Um, so $500 from us considering that he donated a bumper this year, even after all that, I contacted him and said, Kevin, man, you don't have to do this with what you're going through. I'll perfectly understand the event. Everybody coming will understand. No, bud, we're going to do that. We commit to that. We're good on our word. The shop's not going anywhere. We'll rebuild. We're going to take care of you guys. And for them to do that with what they were going through, the least we could do is try to get a little support going back their way. So, that $500 is, is just a, a kick in the bucket for everything they went through. Um, I hope it helps out them, their employees, anything at all in a situation like that when you've lost everything can be a benefit. So uh, that's that's something that I feel good about. You know, that's over $1,500 that we raised as an event this year to help folks out. The off-road community and some people in the off-road community who support the event and support the off-road community itself. Absolutely. Well, that's, pardon me, that's really, really cool that you guys uh, stepped up. I know uh, I kind of followed that, that whole deal with, with uh, Southern on social media and that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'm not uh, uh, personally acquainted with those guys, but that was a, a not just for them, but every, everybody involved. It was a horrible deal. Yeah, it's a terrible thing. Um just uh, one of those things that a lot of us never even think about, and it can just, the the darndest thing. It wasn't a hurricane. It wasn't a depression. It was just a rainstorm. And just come in there and put so much rain on that area that uh, it literally everything backed up and just flooded them out. You know, that's the uh, same thing that Texas went through not too long ago, too. So it's uh, just a really bad situation for all those guys involved. Well, prop, props to you guys for, for stepping up and... and uh... Uh, paying it forward, so to speak, or, or paying it back, uh, however you want to look at it. But uh, that's uh, an admirable, admirable thing to do. 
Well, we we <laughs> we try. I don't know if I go that far, but we we try um, anything that we can do from the event standpoint to um, keep it a positive event, keeping the the vibe, the momentum rolling forward in a positive way. And with the crew that we've got that comes to the event, it's uh it's pretty easy to do. Those guys are like I said before, are a good group of guys, so no complaints there. Sure. Well, uh is there is there anything else that you want to uh want to get into? We kind of went through through a little bit about the uh how the event ran and and sponsors and that kind of stuff. Is there anything no. else you want to touch on? I think that's about it. I just really wanted to take the time to thank you, the vendors, and everybody who showed up. Let everybody know how well everything went. Um, it was a, a pretty drama-free event. Um, we did. Um, I will highlight one thing, and uh, just kind of going through some of the results here. We uh, we didn't have a whole lot of breaks this year. We had uh, well, there were four or five guys that were getting out playing. We had uh, two on Trail 16. Um, just some of the some of the funny stuff that we had this year, and it, it's something that uh, I guess it's a lesson for all of us. We had two guys get taken out by uh, logs or sticks this year, and not even not even big guys, little three four inch logs that just tires went over it, got spun upright. I had one that got into um, Corey's eighty series Land Cruiser, and uh, literally. Got in, wrapped his drive shaft up, wiped out his rear drive shaft, and then come out through the rear fender well and actually got a little damage into his quarter panel in the rear. Oh, shit. And it was uh, just a harmless little, calling it a log is a stretch. I mean, it was it was just a small guy. And the same happened, actually, out on one of the trails I was leading. Um, guy got over off from the side of the trail, just uh, clearance and some rocks. And making a little room on the trail, and he just, just by sure happenstance, just stood up a log just perfectly, and stood it up on end and run it up in through the floorboard of his uh, Tacoma. Um, didn't didn't puncture the floorboard, but it actually crushed in and, and dented the floorboard enough that it actually pinched his main um, cabin wiring harness, and ran into some electrical issues from the event. Oh shoot! Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was one there that was kind of surprising. Um, then we had a couple of the normal things. Uh, well, one of our guys, uh, like I said, the four trophies um, that got our gear jammer award, Rich. Um, he broke two two axles on in front of his forerunner up playing on sixteen. Um, then uh, had uh, Bailey broke his uh, rear diff um, playing coming up twenty two. So um, yeah, not too bad, pretty drama free, but. Uh, I'll just go through one of the things. Um, did you get a chance to see those trophies, Jason? I did. I did, and they were very cool. Uh, we did kind of a um, a play on a kind of a automotive steampunk kind of theme this year. Uh, myself and a good friend of mine, Cody, we uh, we got a bunch of car parts, um, a ring and pinion, some spider gears. We took a old Jeep cam. Um, a flex plate and uh, cut up a bunch of stuff and made a bunch of trophies timing gear set um, trying to think what else we had I think we had a cam cam chain and sprocket and just made uh, some really cool looking trophies to reward a few people um, we did a uh, we did a ladies rig this year um, Kelly Savage won that for the ladies rig we did uh, an honorable mention for the gear jammer world award which went to uh, uh, Gary Whitlow 
Um, we did the Gear Jam Award itself, uh, which the Gear Jam Awards for the guys to get out there and maybe uh, have a yard sale on the trail and leave a few parts out there for guys to look at if anybody wants anything used out there. They leave it on the trail for them. Um, that was uh, Rich Maserino. Hope I didn't murder his last name there too bad. And then uh, the last two, kind of the highlight trophies, we did uh, what we call the recognition of excellence, which could have been anything. This year we uh, we picked out Justin Dorton. He's got a really well-nice built Tacoma that is absolutely gorgeous. Um, set up for trails, set up for uh, kind of overland expedition runs. That thing is simply gorgeous. Um, Justin from the Mid-State Toyota crew, um, that thing was beautiful. So he, he got our recognition of excellence. And last but not least, we have the, the highest club participation. And I know when Rich gets back on the show, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a double-edged sword for him on this one. But the club who won is, uh, is a local club here. And uh, the Titan guys took that for the highest club participation. And it was so close. And I, I, know, it bums, I know it bums Rich out. They literally tied on vehicles. And I can't say enough. And I pulled him up, and I know the whole time he was up there, it was it was just eating him up. It was that close. But Rich and the FJ Northeaster crew literally tied on vehicles. That's all the guys coming from the Northeast up there. All the way down here for this event, making that 12, 14-hour trip down here. They tied our local club here in Knoxville for attendance. The only difference was that vehicles were the same. The local club here had two more attendees. That's what it come down to, to a tiebreaker. I, I just given those guys a huge prop up there from the Northeast for their involvement in that trip down. I can't thank those guys enough. And some of the nicest guys that I've had a chance to hang out, wheel with, um, enjoy campfire, some of the most awesome um, Italian deli, food, cold cuts to beef pinwheels to Italian sausage. Those guys come down here and just did it right. They were absolutely, absolutely fabulous. Yeah, I uh, I had an opportunity to hang out with those guys as well, and, and obviously. And uh, the fact that they all they all made the trek down and, and that kind of stuff, um, I, I just kept thinking to myself, I, I me personally, I hope I didn't overhype Winrock. And, uh, it, uh, it seems like they all had a really good time and, and hopefully, uh, hopefully we Southerners will be able to, to pull them back down into the area another time. I hope so. There were quite a few guys that said they're definitely going to come back, which, you know, makes us feel good from an event standpoint. But, um, just the fact that they come down and we're willing to, to make that trek down here. Um, to give it a try in a group like that. I mean, we've got guys from Kansas and Texas, and we've got a lot of guys that travel long distance. But it was sure it was just the 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 sheer number of those guys. I mean, it was great. I can't say enough about them. Yeah, it was uh, it was good to have them. It was good to have everybody there. You know, I, I don't want to uh, to shy away from anybody else that traveled a, a fair distance to uh, to get there. But that that group. Uh, there was a big group of a big group of them that came from from a long way away. So yes, there was. But. Besides that, bud, um, that's it. I don't want to suck up too much time. I feel guilty getting on here and talking too much. I, I just want to thank everybody that come out. Um, appreciate everybody supporting this event. I hope the events living up to your expectations. 
If it's not, contact me. Um, I've got a million ways for you guys to reach me. Just about everybody out there knows how to get in touch with me, either through the website, my email address, or um, half you have my phone number after this past weekend. So if uh, you got anything to say, good, bad, or whatever, just hit me up. Um, we're uh, It's fluid. Nothing set in stone. We try to take something and learn from it every year and go from there. But uh, just a big thanks to everybody. I can't tell you how much it means to us. For you guys to attend, um, show appreciation for it, and uh, keep supporting it. Well, uh, to turn the tables for just a second, Brett, um, from from myself, and I'm sure a lot of other people that may not have uh, have been able to to uh, reach you in person. Thank you for all the effort that you put into uh, putting this event on. Um, I I know that it is a ton of work. I can only imagine the. Uh, the overall effort that you put into it, but uh, it, it, it it's a, a, a heck of an event, and uh, I don't think that anybody that attended can can completely argue with that. You know, um, like we said earlier, you're not not going to be able to make everybody happy all the time, so that that goes without saying. But uh, I, overall, um, with turnout and vendors and and activities and that kind of stuff, um, I, I, I don't think anybody can can walk away let down. I, I appreciate that, and it's uh, it's nice. We I haven't had a complaint yet. Um, lots of lots of suggestions or, or or request, I should say. It's not even suggestions, which uh, we we try to to make everything as fluid and conform to something. That if somebody's trying to get something in particular out of the event, we try to make sure everybody gets what they're looking for out of it. But uh, we didn't have a single complaint, um, and, and that's that's really good. The organization side is the strong point of the event, and I think that right there um, is why a lot of people gravitate towards it. Everything's set up. Everything's got a time schedule, a time frame. Everything operates pretty close to within. We were able to keep our, our time schedule pretty much within 15 minutes this year, which is hard to do when you're talking about 290 people and over 180 trucks. So I appreciate everybody for letting us do that and working with us doing that. It makes the event better for everybody out there. And uh, I, I love the fact that uh, we don't have anybody that uh, had anything, you know, that come up or said anything negative or complaint-wise. And uh, we hope to keep going that way. So uh, thank you all again. Thank you, Jason. Thanks, Rich. I appreciate all your guys' kind words and support. And uh, hopefully we can keep this going for years and years and years with the same outcome. Absolutely. Well, we look forward to being a part of it, uh, you know, a- as long as you want us around. So we'll, uh, we'll look forward to being back next year. Great, bud. All right. Well, hope to see everybody in 2017. All righty. Cool. Thanks, Brett. Thank you. Rich, we're, we're running. I, I, I'm not going to say way long, but um, this is uh, this is going to be a long episode. And uh, we've, we've covered a lot of, lot of material. Um, I just want to say again that uh, I really enjoyed the weekend. Um, it was a absolute pleasure uh, bringing Toyota Trucks and Trails to the event. Uh, I'd like to uh, to publicly tell you thank you for uh, for making the long trek that you made did down. Um, I know that you you had a lot of friends with you and that kind of stuff, but you you uh, definitely devoted a lot of time to the to the podcast and that kind of stuff, and and uh, that is really really appreciated and uh, 
hopefully we can can make something like this happen again. Absolutely, and it was an honor and a privilege to meet you and and as well as all our listeners and and spend the time. And uh, <clears throat> you know, you you drove a, a pretty good distance yourself coming out there, so. Uh, you know, there's there's certainly no uh, com- comparison to the dedication that uh, you know you've shown to the podcast and to the listeners, and uh, you know I think that shows in the in the finished project, especially um, you know with the with the uh, you know professionalism that we conduct ourselves with, um, just 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 measuring by the lack of uh, fart jokes that we tell. Yeah, we we keep it all above board, folks. Or, or that's right, to, that's right. We keep it out of the bathroom. Yes, <laughs> unless Steve's around, and then well, somehow you know. things just go downhill. But anyway, um, is there is there anything else that we need to get to this this episode? I we're, we're, I don't think we need to do a community spotlight this this episode. Um, this entire episode was a community exactly. spotlight for sure. Exactly. So. Uh, we got a little bit of listener feedback, and, and I've got it tagged um, to the folks that, that sent it in. We will get to that in uh, in the next episode for sure. Um, we appreciate, as always, uh, people getting a hold of us and, and uh, letting us know what they think. And we we got a little bit of that for, for the last episode. And uh, like I said, we will we'll touch on that in the next episode and just... Uh, try to keep things keep things rolling along and and last but not least thanks to everybody that uh, uh sought us out and came up to see us and everyone we got to meet um and at appalachian toyota roundup and um you know just just thank you for taking the time for us um you know you're you're all great people for you know being being loyal and and you know taking the time to say hello um we really look forward to getting out to more events we had a ton of fun um had a ton of fun talking to listeners and to just people who were there and to vendors and stuff and we really look forward to doing more of this uh in the future and uh, i hope everyone else enjoys it as much as we do absolutely um I, i meant to say that as well to uh to the listeners that uh come up and introduced yourselves and said hi and and all the kind words and and uh, and all that it, it it is so appreciated and and there were a lot of you that did it so it it's greatly appreciated um, I think that uh, maybe possibly we we introduced the show to a few people that didn't know it existed and uh, if that happened we you know if this is a the first episode that those folks listen to we welcome them aboard as well and and hope they find us. Uh, entertaining and informative at least on some level absolutely thank you everyone all righty well rich let's go ahead and let's go ahead and close this episode out and uh, we will uh, we'll get back to it next time sounds good to me thanks and uh, we'll see you next time all righty uh, everybody as usual however you go about it get out and enjoy your toyota <laughs>